We are live. It is December 6th, Wednesday evening. This is the PFF forecast. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We've got SGP strategy with Judah, as usual, fresh off of the little Bengals, uh, little Jake Browning, little Jamar Chase. So hopefully he's got something cooked up for us with the Trubisky Zappy Bowl. It'll be great. Talk a little injuries and, of course, locks of the week. And I, I saved the best for last. A new segment. Get up. It's what the people are asking for. Um, a little ode to Quibi. It'll be great. Let's rock. So uh, the people are asking what what crazy things have happened on, on GitUp, and we'll get to that. That'll be later in the show. Um, if you know GitUp, you know that they're great at teasing for three straight hours. They just tease you and please you. Uh, so, um, so you'll have to be patient. Um, it's, uh, of course, the Trubisky and Zappy Bowl, um, and I'm very excited about that. I actually have to play multiple players in that game in my fantasy league. And I think I've also got a sizable amount of cash on one of the teams, unfortunately. So um, I hope there's some good news that we can talk about there. But let's start with injuries. Let's get right into it. Um, Brad, what's uh, what's the injury landscape looking like? Yeah, well, I hope when you say you have multiple guys you have to play, it is the Steelers defense and uh, – I'm already blanking. Oh, and the Patriots defense because I think those will probably be the two top scores. Uh, you want to know who it is? Yeah, is? I do. I do. Okay. So here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at because everyone cares about my fantasy team. I yeah. I've got uh, Trevor Lawrence got injured, so now I've got to play. Kenny Pickett was my fourth QB in this two QB league. He's dead, so it's Mitchell Trubisky. And you are praying if you play Mitchell Trubisky that you have his top target, and I do, George Pickens. So that's the duo that I get to play, Brad. I do actually, because of our, our guy Mitchell's comments saying he's going to just sling it, uh, you know, no uh, no restrictions, no not playing scared. So that is Pickens' uh, you know, ideal MO. So, yeah, we'll start there. So, obviously, no Kenny Pickett. All jokes aside, I, if anything, it's a one-to-one -one split. You probably could make a case it's an upgrade. Realistic, it's probably just nothing. Um, Najee Harris dinged up. I think he'll go, um, but I, I would say it's a boost to a Jalen Warren. I think he'll get more of the touches, which he probably should anyway. Um, looking around the NFL, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, probably the bigger one. Lawrence, I, I'm guessing they're playing games. I would guess he misses this week, but maybe it's only one week. Christian Kirk, however, our guy, um, out for the season. They said out, maybe they made the Super Bowl, so out for the season uh, for, for the Jaguars. And then some positive news. Uh, Dawson Knox was a full participant for the Bills today. I think that really matters against Kansas City with all their linebacker and safety injuries to have both tight ends for the Bills. Um, Christian Watson hamstring, honestly, better than it looked right away, you know, in prime time. But I, I'm guessing they hold him out just because he's, you know, his hamstrings have been an issue for, for his career. Um, and then Dalton Schultz limited for the Houston Texans. Not really sure what ends up there. But, yeah, pretty pretty good report, all things considered. Maybe it's because everyone's already hurt, so it can't be that much worse in uh, week 14. As long as Jake Browning isn't hurt, you know, the, the best of the best out there. Um, will be good. I love, I mean, he played really well, but I love those, the PFF social graphics where it was like top three graded quarterbacks this week and Browning was on there. 
but Brock Purdy was not. And I just thought about all my fellow Niners fans who just lost their minds um, seeing that. Uh, the great Lombardi himself uh, probably having a somewhat of a, of a conniption there. Um, hearing those injuries, is there anything that comes to mind, Judah, from a betting standpoint? Not in particular. I, in some like funny way, I feel like the quarterback injuries have been really obviously terrible. But like actually, there are fewer injuries on the skill position guys. I mean, I think that was a big one. Uh, obviously, it's after the year. But my sense, like this time of year, I there are usually just like tons of tons of impactful injuries that just don't seem to be necessarily popping up. But no, none of those injuries I think particularly uh, stand out here. What's I didn't know that. Um... What's his name? Uh, was banged up. Najee Harris. Uh, do we think like is it actually limiting? What is the deal? Yeah, no. So I'm already blanking now what the specific injury is, but they said that he is like probably not going to practice much of the week. Not that you really need to practice as a veteran, as a running back. That's not a running back joke. Like it's just you don't need to be out there and going through reps. Um, you can be fine. And they said he's he's going to push to go. I think it will impact the amount of snaps he plays. You know, I mean, like they should be leaning towards a 60-40 Warren Najee split, Warren Najee split anyway. So yeah, I think he plays. I do think, yeah, I would downgrade a Najee and upgrade a Warren. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm bullish on Trubisky. Call me crazy. I also think it's kind of an insane that he's a six-point favorite um, with a total of total of 30. Um, but, uh, all right, let's get into something that's far more interesting, which is, uh, SGP strategy. For those of you who are new to this, um, there is no one better at putting together, uh, a well-crafted narrative that correlates a bunch of plays into one SGP than Judah. Uh, you can find his write-ups on pff.com. Um, he had his two each week. Both of them have over a hundred percent uh, ROI on the season. He is fantastic. He hit another one with Jake Browning, Jamar Chase, and the Bengals on Monday. Um, now, there is no Sam Howell this week, so he's really going to have to go scour the earth um, for some uh, for some plays. But Judah, uh, where do you want to go to first? Yeah, it's very... I feel like I haven't gone for a Sam Howell one in like six or seven weeks. It's it's tough. Uh, I miss I miss our boy, uh, and I think our our passing yards bet may have may have died uh, last week, unfortunately. But uh, there's always hope for some week eighteen uh, people sitting. Uh, either way, unironically, George, maybe this is kind of to your point about having to start guys in fantasy. I actually really unironically like the uh, overs and SGPs in the Patriots and Steelers game here. Uh, like the fact that we have a 29 and a half total and now I see it kind of trending a little bit towards 30 uh, in a non-weather game is outrageous. That's the start. That just like gives you the sense of like the base of how these teams have been. And like, they're bad. Yes. Agreed. These are also like not particularly good defenses. I think the Steelers reputation kind of far outweighs their production, especially uh, as it relates to generating, excuse me, to preventing explosive plays. Um, which kind of leads me to my first angle here. The Patriots uh, on throws downfield or throws 20 plus yards are seven of 41, uh, which is an egregiously low number. It's like 8% lower than the next closest team. And if you look at like the kind of accuracy metrics or PFF grades, like 
the combo of Jones and Zappi, and I think Zappi's actually probably a little bit better uh, in the limited sample we have of his deep passing. Like, there probably should be around, like, 23rd or 24th. Uh, and while this is the sort of thing I would generally like to bet on over the course of a season, uh, this is a great matchup against a defense that is towards the bottom of the league in allowing explosive plays. Like, you, I don't care who you are. Uh, if you are an NFL quarterback, which, like, Billy Zappi's not great, uh, but uh, going to be some sort of regression. This is the matchup, and all of that comes within the context of this game. Uh, and it's ridiculously low unders. Where I'm, I'm seeing fourteen to one on Bailey Zappi to have two hundred fifty passing yards. Two hundred fifty passing yards, not a lot of passing yards. Not that much needs to go right in an NFL game. I don't know. Maybe like some guy slips and you have a seventy-five yard touchdown and you get most of the way there, or you get a seventy-five yard touchdown and there's a two-minute drill where you don't have to do much, or you have two two-minute drills. And you don't have to do much to get the 250, which was exactly the logic behind the Jake Browning bet. I didn't think he was going to like be Joe Burrow out there. It's just that like his passing props are really low. We don't know that much about him. He's in a pretty good matchup. Like not that much needs to go right. I think the same thing is true uh, of Bailey Zappi. One of my favorites, I got this at 110 to one, was Bailey Zappi, 250 yards, the Patriots to win by five and a half. Uh, there is no way that there that is a 1% chance likely of like, a quarterback whom we don't know that much about, and by the way, has thrown for 300 yards in one of his, I think, three career starts, uh, can just go up against a like, pretty mediocre defense in a non-weather game and just have an average day for the Patriots to win. Uh, that is one of my, my favorite SGPs. That's one that I've been playing, an angle I've been playing for uh, a couple of uh, huge hits already this year, the Justin Fields one, the Jim Browning one. Uh, I am all over that one. Uh, I'll leave that as kind of the main build. I think there are some interesting Steelers ones as well. Uh, but love the Zappy, you know, 250 yards, New England minus five and a half, 110 to one. Real quick, uh, okay. some injuries I should have mentioned, and I maybe should have mentioned it before. You know, I know Jude already knows this and maybe doesn't care because those guys are bad, but Kayshawn Bouti, the receiver, is out. Demario Douglas, the rookie, probably their best receiver, is out. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was limited today. Devontae Parker was limited today. Ramondre Stevenson is out. <laughs> so... You know, if the SG, if you're doing an SGP with a receiver, I guess it's Tyquan Thornton, who, um, you know, is I think has more drops than catches uh, in his career. But anyway, I, I should have mentioned. I, what, I about, was, what about Zeke? Zeke, Zeke is going to get fed. Like, like, like the spoon's coming out on Thursday. You know, he had like 40 receiving yards last game. Uh, I think most of this comes through Devontae Parker, which I think is probably the build. Uh, they do happen to have a pretty spread out attack which is why uh, I tend to not like to build SGPs with like the Patriots style uh, players. And like, I don't get their tight ends involved. I'm not that worried. Yeah, the receivers weren't exactly good to begin with. I mean, DeMario Douglas, I think is a particularly underrated one, uh, but Devonte Parker, if I were building with someone and you wanted to kind of extend that, but still the thesis has not changed. Like not that much needs to go right, especially against a bad defense for a quarterback to throw over 250 yards and his team to win by one score. By the way, this is a revenge game for Juju. So he comes back to the place where he's used to making TikToks. Um, is he alive? Is a legit question. Like a hundred and sixth in PFF grade. That is uh, that is unfortunate. Um, I do like about this uh, angle as well is there's when when you're going into this game and everyone's going okay yeah they're gonna have to feed Zeke like they're gonna run the ball. What I do usually think Belichick does a good job of is what the other team is not expecting. And their tackles have played well. 
So you think about the strength of the Steelers' defense. It has been with their edge rushers and Watt and Highsmith, as you can see here. They, ha they have got some decent tackle play. Trent Brown has played really well. Um, and so in this game where it's like, okay, they're going to make us beat them with Bailey Zappi. We're going to go in and beat them with Bailey Zappi. Like I can see that, um, that angle. In addition, if you're playing from behind, but you're playing from behind in a low scoring game, the chances that you can win the game while still having to play from behind are higher because the score is likely to be closer. So um, I think that also um, plays plays advantage. So I like this, um, especially because it aligns with the fact that I've already I've taken the stinkiest bet on the board, which is the uh, the Patriots to cover six um, previously. So I, this makes me feel better about it because I can now wrap that into uh, an SGP. Perfect. That's you know that's the rule here to, to make George uh, exactly. feel better about betting on the Patriots. Uh, the the next one I'll go with uh, is one I believe we talked about the last time these two teams played, uh, and uh, that is the Falcons and Bucks. Yes. Uh, I like playing both sides of this. Uh, a rare SGP where I'm actually not building from uh, a particular team or uh, angle within that team, but actually the game script itself. Uh, and that is that these are two of the biggest pass funnels in the league uh, who, yes, they want to run the ball a lot, but that's not exactly a winning strategy against either of these defenses. Uh, and their passing props are just so, so low, uh, especially for two quarterbacks who, uh, I mean, Desmond Ritter does have a shallower EDOT, uh, but also they have plenty of scheme deep looks uh, where we kind of see a discrepancy between the, the deep percentage and his actual depth of target. Uh, and I can see this game getting into a mini shootout, especially in a week where there is a ton of bad weather, especially in the Midwest. This game will be played in a dome. Uh, not that much to this analysis with the exception of pass funnels, bad pass defenses, uh, quarterbacks who are not priced appropriately. And by the way, I should say kind of in just to go back to my Bailey Zappi, Desmond Ritter has two 300 yard games. Uh, Desmond Ritter is not anyone's idea of a good quarterback. Uh, anyone can kind of have big passing days. Uh, but this game I think is, is very low total and has all of the makings of a couple of things going right and an absolute shooting out you can just get like 275 a, a pop for each of these quarterbacks is going to get you some really juicy odds here and that's why i like building around i in fact um saw when i saw this one um on the schedule i remember the ritter play and i believe if i'm remembering that game correctly was that the one where he fumbled three times but like played really well in spurts. Like there was something fluky that happened in that game, but it was like it you could see it going to plan um in that in that game. Do you guys remember what, what he had that fumble there? on the goal line where he thought he was about yeah, to get it for a touchdown and someone punched it from yeah. behind? Yeah. Um, that is how how I remember it also. Yeah. Um, so uh big fan. So are you playing like Baker and Ritter? um passing yards is that the way that you're doing this uh so i think that's one one angle uh, of building it is like just taking the alts of those two um and it's going to depend on pricing especially mike evans who at this point is like really the clear number one and like has a serious downfield role for the bucks uh i could definitely see myself building a mayfield evans and then also a second receiver because effectively the production that's priced in is just like 
Baker's not having these huge passing days and the yards are going to Evans. But if he's going to get, you know, 60 yards past his prop, the production is going to have to go somewhere. Uh, and that means probably building, in addition to whatever Evans's production is, maybe like, you know, juicier alt there and then maybe also building in a Godwin leg. Uh, and again, depending on pricing with uh, London and, and Pitts, I will be fine taking shots on on those two guys. It's a little bit more difficult on the Falcon side just because of how dispersed their touches are. Uh, but it's still, if one of those guys is going to have, I should say, if uh, Ritter is going to have a spiked week, it is likely that one of those two guys has a spiked week themselves. Uh, and I'm fine kind of sprinkling different builds of the kind of same thesis uh, and just like leaning in on one story and hoping that one of them hits uh, as opposed to trying to predict exactly which one I like more. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, any others for you this week? Uh, last one, uh, back to back to the Garner Minshew well. Uh, there is a tiny bit of weather, uh, but it's at least the current forecast is exactly my favorite type of weather, which is like 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, which I think is like just barely starting to influence the deep passing game. Uh, but I don't think is actually enough. It's one of those where I think that the market's kind of mispriced this a little bit. It's really 15, 20 where, where wind starts to matter. Uh, and this uh, Bengals defense is atrocious right now in every such way. Uh, yes, like they can't stop the run, and there's like some concern that you know the Colts just run all over them. Uh, maybe uh, the Colts have kind of had varying uh, you know pass rates over expected depending on the opponent. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor out, I'm not sure if like last week was kind of how we predicted uh, where they were just going to run because the Titans have been really good against the run, and that's why they passed. Um, but that's kind of why we're playing the tail series. We don't necessarily need to be right about that pregame. Um, but this Bengals defense is dead last in explosive plays and everything uh, explosive related. Uh, the Colts target share is very condensed. It is going to go to Josh Downs and Michael Pittman. Uh, I'm fine building with each of those. I'm fine building them together. Uh, if Gardner Minshew throws 35, 40 times, which is maybe a little bit ambitious, whatever it is, 30, 35 times, uh, he's going to have success. There is some pricing of the win where I don't think it matters. Garner Minshew is not the type of quarterback who is going to be launching 25-yard bombs downfield. It's more of the kind of 15-yard crossers after the catch style uh, where the wind, especially at that magnitude, has less of an influence. Uh, props are down. Prices are down. It's a dream matchup. Uh, condensed target share. All the things I like to be building around for SGPs. What, is that, uh, what does this one look like? So is this Minshew and... Uh and Pittman, Minshew, and Downs, like where are you? Yeah, it probably depends on the on the, the way the alts uh, come out. Uh, I'm fine with building around both of them, uh, but that's going to obviously, I'd want to extend. Say Minshew, I was like 75 because I didn't know if the Titans were going to be able to keep up. Here I actually have a little more faith in the Bengals offense keeping up. So I'm fine kind of pushing this to maybe a 300, 325. And in that case, uh, building around both Pittman and downs again that's a little bit dependent on uh where their prices line up i'll just like i guess as like a general note uh a lot of times when i have these angles it might be because of like a deep player or like some player that's like very obviously going to propel the quarterback over their prop i don't think that's kind of the case where it's like oh this in, in this particular matchup like against this particular corner that's why you want to be keying in on this receiver it's more just like look at the general pricing look at the matchup look at how books generally price correlations between wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and then what's the actual reality of the Colts wide receiver one and the Colts wide receiver two, and then this matchup. And like all of that is probably is not priced appropriately. Uh, I mean, I don't have the exact pricing, but I know how these things are priced. 
Uh, and there's, I imagine, going to be value on uh, betting on both of these and then also taking individual shots, uh, you know, at like alt of 100 uh, yards for, for Josh Downs at 12 to 1. Maybe Michael Pittman at 125 at, at 8 to 1, whatever that might be. I'm guessing I'm pricing here. Uh, but I see, to answer your question, both of them, I think, are in play with extending the Minshew yards to like 300, 325, and then you can get someone like a, a 275 uh, with one of those receivers hitting. Uh, so three three parlays, let's say, uh, from the Colts side. That makes sense to me. Um, all right, it is time for Locks of the Week. Before we do that, this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. We just talked through a bunch of different angles, all of which you can play on Prize Picks with their daily fantasy product at prizepicks.com slash forecast, where you can get first deposit match of up to $100. You talked about the one that I think I like the best there is the Atlanta and uh, um, Tampa Bay uh, game, because on, on prize picks, you do need to pick a player from both sides of the game. Um, and so there you can kind of play into that narrative of, hey, both these teams are pass funnels. Um, so you get both quarterbacks in there, get a couple of wide receivers. I will be putting that one together so you can join me uh, on that. If you're into basketball, um, I played a little prize picks in the NBA last last night. Um, so uh, it's wonderful, especially if you're in an area where you can't legally uh, bet on sports. This is daily fantasy, so it is not that. Um, the way it works is that you pick two plus players. You pick whether they go more or less than the particular stat or number of fantasy points or whatever it might be. Um, and then you get to place uh, a kind of multiple. Uh, so you can, you know, bet or not bet. You can put down 10 bucks uh, and get, say, 5x return, depending on how many players um, you put in there. You can get up to 20x your cash back on the best daily fantasy sports platform that is out there. They also have injury insurance, which is super awesome. Um, so if you uh, happen to get a guy that gets hurt in the first half, doesn't return for the second, a good example of that would be Christian Kirk. That player is rebooted. Um, so PrizePix is uh, truly a cut above. Go to prizepix.com slash forecast. Use the code forecast for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash forecast and use the code forecast for a deposit match of up to $100. Also, we are brought to you by our friends at Fabric by Gerber Life. As a parent, you've had to come to learn many new skills to provide for your family. Um, hats off to you if you have done that successfully. Um, things like doing laundry, meal planning, all that stuff. Um, but what about keeping your family safe uh, into the future with a high quality term life insurance policy? That's a little more annoying than going to just figure out what you're going to eat for the week. Um, and so you don't want to spend a bunch of time doing it. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it super easy. You can get a high quality term life insurance policy, incredibly affordable, in less than 10 minutes, all online. And the way you do that is go to meetfabricabric.com slash forecast. That is, again, M-E-E-T, fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C dot com slash forecast and go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes. No health exam is required. It is super easy. You can get it done in less time than it takes for halftime in the NFL. All right. We are on to the locks of the week. Um, Brad, we will start with you. Yep. So kicking one off uh, with a prop in the Detroit Lions-Chicago Bears game. Um, uh, Justin Fields' uh, carries prop has been hanging around, I think, a number that is tethered to how the season started in Chicago when they kind of refused to use his skill set, didn't actually utilize his legs. Um, 
since he's returned, he had 18 carries against Detroit the first time. And then he had 12 against Minnesota, you know, with four interceptions. And, you know, I think a game script that pushed for passing because they never had a lead until the bitter end. So, you know, that being said against Detroit, their defense the last, you know, since week seven is one of the worst in the NFL. They're now without Aleem McNeil on the interior. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So I think you're going to get scrambles out of Justin Fields on top of the design run. But this defense in Detroit has always been a defense the Bears have run on with Justin Fields in particular um, over his entire career in Chicago. They don't play as much men as they used to in Detroit, but they still do play, uh, you know, more than, than kind of league average uh, at this point. And, and that is who they give him a ton of run to. And also he takes off when he has corners not facing him, you know, playing trail technique. So I think you're going to see a lot of Justin Fields carries at nine and a half. I would see if you could find alts. I don't know if they are alts for carries uh, markets. I'm sure Judah could find one out there for you, but I think it's going to be in the high teens. Uh, frankly, um, I, I think that that line is just not reacting enough to the bears post injury now post by just kind of letting him play his style and not really caring about anything else. I like, uh, I like that one. Uh, I was super, super excited to get on here give a total that I absolutely loved, which was the Bengals Colts at 39 and a half. And like, it's very, very, very rare for me to bet a, a side or, or total. Uh, but this is one I just like, absolutely hammered. Uh, unfortunately, it is already 44. So I, I will not be uh, giving that one out though. I still think there's some value, uh, but it has moved five points. Uh, but speaking of a total that uh, has not moved five points, that is the over in the, uh, Rams and Ravens. I think there is going to be a, a bit of weather here, and that's kind of uh, pricing this uh, down a little bit. But uh, the Ravens offense, again, not exactly the type of vertical uh, we're going to be throwing, you know, 30-yard bombs uh, downfield. Uh, the Rams do rely a bit more on the, on the deep passing, uh, but can also succeed through the crossers. And I think both these teams are going to have success uh, running the ball, uh, the Rams have proven in a, in a funky way to actually their offensive line for like really shut down Cleveland last week uh, in a surprising way. Uh, I like to always talk about like betting on Stafford in kind of spots where he has a situational advantage. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little bit optimistic that like the Rams maybe it's the, the quick passing and, and the game planning around it uh, are kind of finding ways to mitigate the effects of good defenses, especially when they're when their guys are all healthy. All of it just to say, we have two really, really quality offenses going against each other. Yes, the Ravens' defense is very good. 40 points is still extremely, extremely low for the two caliber offenses that we have. Uh, that's one I'm going to I'm going to be betting uh, this weekend. I dig it. Um, my first one is going actually to a game that we've already discussed. It is the over in Bucks-Falcons. It is still sub-40. It is 39 and a half couple of reasons why I like this. You talked about the, the pass funnels for both teams. So I think you're going to have throwing on both sides, but both quarterbacks are also susceptible in throwing more to pick six. Uh, and I also like the wide receiver corner matchups in this game. So I think you've got uh, Evans, who I talked about last week, was one of my favorites. He obviously um, dominated in that game. Um, but he will be playing a, a set of receivers or set of corners that, you know, AJ Terrell has played well. Jeff Akuda on the other side has not. 
Um, and, uh, and so I really like that matchup. And then on the other side of the ball, um, the Tampa Bay corners can't cover anybody. So like over in 39 and a half model likes it as well. I can't believe that I'm going for over and over, uh, to your point, Judah, I, I never like to, to hit the totals, um, generally in locks of the week, try and go for more of some props, but I just couldn't resist. And then hearing you talk about it made me even more, uh, bullish on it. So over 39 and a half for the um, lovely Falcons Bucks game. The lovely, lovely fuck. I mean, that in this week, that's like a median. Uh, it's a top, yeah, top five game this week. Yeah, yeah. There's no issue with that one whatsoever. Uh, all right. So I think Judah will like this one. I hope Judah will like this one. If he doesn't, I guess I should be worried. Um, we talked a bunch on Sunday uh, about the Miami Dolphins and just – absolutely obliterating poor teams. I think in particular, we talked about this matchup and had some potential concern for, you know, can they be more physical and Jeffrey Simmons is not going to play in this game. Probably should have mentioned him. I guess Derrick Henry is, which is kind of a surprise to me, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, you're seeing this, this Miami Dolphins defense turn a corner, play a different brand of football with Vic Fangio. Um, and, Maybe we play some first halves. Maybe we approach it differently. But I still just like the spread at 13. Um, I just don't see how this this Titans pass rush gets home at all. I don't see how they cover the Miami Dolphins receivers in any way, shape, or form. And we haven't seen Miami take, the, take their pedal off the gas, you know, in any game. They're Like we talked about on Sunday, they're trying to get the CFP committee to take notice, not, not be uh, Florida-stated down there in Miami. So, yeah, I, I just think there's no – like impetus for them to not continue to do so. They scored a touchdown up 38-15 on the commanders with a minute and 50 seconds to go. Uh, Devon Achan is good to go. I'm sure we'll get plenty of him in this game. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, and then, oh, and then obviously we did part of the write-up, but I just hate this matchup for Will Levis. The more I dove into it, even after Sunday night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, against this Fangio defense that takes away explosives, they have the highest coverage grade and the lowest EPA per dropback allowed on passes 15-plus yards downfield. They've allowed the fewest receptions, and they have the second most uh, for the second-highest forced incompletion rate. Like, they want you to try to do that against them. Levis literally can't stop just chucking it up. And I think maybe even looking at interceptions props, now I'm just all over the place. But anyway, love Miami in this game, uh, minus 13. I, I too, love Miami, which is uh, what's going to lead me very nicely into, into my uh, – prop here which is andrew van ginkle over two and a half sacks at minus 110 uh andrew van ginkle quiet stud i mean if you look at any of his uh numbers if you go go on pff.com take a look at andrew van ginkle's numbers they are legit uh and it's you know i was like really really excited about the dolphins uh kind of in the, like the futures outlook i'll get back to my bet in a second uh i just have to mourn our guy jalen phillips going down uh really really tough uh for a defense that I thought was actually peaking and has quietly been playing really well. But Andrew Van Ginkle, I think it kind of plays a lot to Brad, what you're saying. Uh, Tennessee is going to be, I imagine, in passing game script uh, for basically the entire game. I think they're, they're kind of uh, good luck stopping Miami. That's all I'll say. Uh, which Will Levis right now is a uh, not a quarterback who uh, situationally can, can evade sacks. His pressure to sack rate is terrible. His ability to create when uh, plays break down, uh, or when plays are perfectly covered, not good. He takes a ton of sacks. Andrew Van Ginkle is getting plenty of run and dominating. Uh, they are going to be teeing off, I imagine, on Will Levis. 
uh, in just spots where the Titans offensive line cannot protect uh, at, at even money. I, I really like this at only needing half a sec. All right. Uh, we usually tend towards overs here. We're optimistic. Um, I have been pessimistic about one team in particular this year. Who I think you guys will be able to guess uh, which team that is. And uh, that is the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think this is uh, an under game for Sky Moore. I think every game is an under game for Sky Moore. Quite frankly, I wish that this had been something that I had been on a little more frequently. Um, now, I'm trying to find a number for more. Um, what I'm seeing 14 is and 14 and a half. Yes. Um, I would love a receptions prop for him if I can possibly find it. Uh, but here are his receiving totals uh, of late. He had five yards against the Packers. He had a whopping 34 against the Raiders, four against the Eagles, 33 against the Dolphins, eight uh, against the Broncos. Those are his last five. I think he has as many games uh, with zero or, or, or 10, uh, less than 10 than he does with more than 20, uh, which is, is pretty embarrassing. Um, I would love a receptions prop here if I could find one, um, but I'm happy to go with uh, 14 and a half. The coverage uh, unit for, um, for the, uh, the Bills have played pretty well. All the guys that he's going to be facing are grading in the top 25. Joel Douglas has been really solid, um, but I just think Sky Moore is getting phased out of that offense, especially with Rasheed Rice getting more of the target share. Um, MBS still gets a few targets, um, and I, I think this is going to end up being a big Kelsey game, uh, even though he can barely move. So uh, no Sky Moore for me. I'm going under on Sky Moore. There we go. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> No more Sky Moore. I could not agree more uh, with, with that takeaway. Yeah, so uh, sticking with that game, I mentioned it before. The, I don't see the markets out yet, but I mentioned how we're going to have, I think, Dawson Knox back in this game, full participant on Wednesday. And right now the market is priced to where, like, I think he's not going to play. You call Dalton Kincaid at five and a half receptions, 41 and a half receiving yards. Maybe that is with a hedge that they know there's going to be another tight end in the, in the equation. But – I think if you get on early on Dawson Knox props, they'd be lower. I would imagine three and a half, maybe even two and a half receptions, 26 and a half type, you know, range type yards, uh, maybe even less. We knew when they had both guys, they were in 12 personnel a ton. It obviously is kind of a pseudo 12 personnel because Dalton Kincaid basically just got treated like a big slot by uh, defenses. But I mentioned, so you, you were down to, I think his name is Jack Cochran uh, was the fourth linebacker for the Chiefs. He actually played, I thought, pretty well. Uh, in, in that game against the Bills. But they have a ton of injuries. Drew Tranquil, um, um, obviously Nick Bolton, their stud, is still out at this point. Um, and, and then also you had Brian Cook at safety, uh, who can come down and make some plays, kind of more of a free safety, but can do a lot. So I think they are going to attack the middle of the field a ton in this game. I think the Chiefs are going to take away the, the Gabe Davis down the sideline shots. Stephon Diggs, you know, probably gets his, but I don't like his matchup with a luxurious need with a Trent McDuffie. I think those guys are good against the shiftier guys as opposed to the big physical type receivers, um, you know, as you've seen in like Bengals matchups and stuff like that. So I think they are going to throw a ton over the middle. It's been a susceptible area for the Chiefs all year long. Uh, I mentioned it probably a couple of weeks ago at this point. They're, they, between the numbers, uh, have allowed some of the worst coverage metrics, and they're a good defense in almost every other way. 
Um, but that is one sore spot probably because of the linebacker injuries and Nick Bolton's not a great coverage player anyway. So long answer short, um, look at, look for Dawson Knox props when they come out. Um, I think he'll get worked in. I think he's fully healthy, has had the bye week. I think they'll go to him, um, you know, as much as they would in any other game. Like that. Uh, I think uh, to stay with uh, with this game, uh, I Rashi Rice over five and a half receptions. I'm seeing at plus one twenty four, uh, and I think kind of what's baked into this price is like, especially this narrative that I keep hearing of like, oh, Rashi Rice isn't playing. Rashi Rice isn't playing. The guy is like, in the last couple of weeks, has clearly emerged as the number one receiver. Uh, he's played close to seventy percent of the snaps. Uh, in two weeks, the Chiefs can't mess around. I don't think in this game, you know, there's it's done is the time for exploring. This is not a game they want to be losing, uh, and they're going to be throwing. Uh, Mahomes clearly likes Rice. Baked into uh, this initial median line, it's a time where Rushy Rice was not a full time player. I'm not sure books have fully realized uh, this is a guy who is going to be on the field plenty uh, over five and a half receptions at plus one twenty four for a role that I think uh, when this you know. Uh, when the Chiefs are playing in Week 19, uh, in in, in Wildcard Week, uh, I think this line is going to be closer to to six and a half, uh, seven. Dig it. Um, okay, I've been extolling the uh, benefits of Brandon Ayuk for quite some time, but this next one I'm actually going to to Debo. So they're playing the Seahawks. The Seahawks um, have a decent coverage unit, but we actually saw them kind of get exposed. Uh, against um, the Niners. And I think the way that they're going to expose them is by making them tackle as opposed to cover. <laughs> and uh, there is where you want to feed Debo Samuel the ball. I'm seeing 48 and a half at FanDuel. Um, he's gone over that by a country mile in each of his past three games. Brandon Ayuk's total is like a full 20 yards uh, higher. Ayuk, much more of a boomer bust guy, right? Getting some of those longer plays has not been getting fed quite as much. Um, so I think while Debo is healthy, and he is certainly healthy, um, over on 48 and a half, he had 80 yards uh, against this team two weeks ago. Um, clearly a focal point of that offense. I don't think there's really any sort of schematic way to kind of stop that. Um, not that the Seahawks would be able to if they tried. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I really like Debo in this matchup. I kind of can't believe that his total is sub 50 um on uh, on FanDuel but um one of my favorites I think it's a it's a big advantage um for how the Niners can attack the uh the Seahawks here yep no I do like that a lot uh you know behind the line of scrimmage at the line of scrimmage the quick out stuff I think they're gonna do um a ton of and, and yeah he'll get the yards after the catch I like that one a lot one more prop for me um AJ Brown uh Philadelphia Eagles uh over six and a half receptions is plus 100 um you know, even money for AJB uh, I think he is – I mean, look, they go to him a ton, but I think you often look at the corners he's going up against, and I think it's a big part of his production. And so in Detroit, in Dallas now we have, uh, you know, Deron Bland exposed a little bit against the more big physical receivers. A.J. Brown can bully a Deron Bland if he wants to. And then Stephon Gilmore is obviously awesome, but an older player, a guy that is physical, bump and run Gilmore for a reason. Um, but again, again, a guy that I think A.J. Brown can can bully a little bit and be physical with and, and push around. So – yeah, I think you're going to have – I mean, it's the highest total of the week by a country mile. You're going to have a passing game script. We've talked a lot about Philly and how they play either fast or slow depending on the opponent. Um, I think you are going to see a more up-tempo offense, a, a more snaps per 
um, you know, for seconds of game time. Um, and I think they are no, they know they need to throw pretty much the entire time because Dallas is going to score um, consistently on their defense. So uh, AJ Brown over six and a half receptions. We do get Dallas Goddard back in this one, um, which is great news for Philadelphia, but doesn't really concern me. I think this is a fair number regardless. And I think the target share in Philadelphia is just so concentrated. It's basically the, the two receivers and now maybe a little bit of Goddard. Um, but Goddard really for them is kind of the, the yards after the catch, check down. Like there's some downfield there, but a lot of it is like tunnel screens and things like that. If they need to attack and push the ball, it's AJB and Devontae Smith. Uh, so yeah, AJ Brown over six and a half. Yeah, that was uh, on my, I would say like first that didn't make the cut. Uh, type things in there a lot. There's a lot I like. Staying in that game, uh, C.D. Lamb over seven and a half receptions. I'm seeing this at, at plus one fourteen. George, this was one you were you were really on the first time these these two teams played. I mean, the Eagles cannot cover slot receivers. It's been an absolute disaster all season. They've been rotating guys, have not found anyone who could stick there. Uh, and there are they're kind of two. In addition to that angle, uh, I think the first off, like the Cowboys in the games that C.D. Lamb hasn't had. Uh, 10 plus catches or, or games against like recently or games against Washington and, and Carolina uh, games where, where they were absolutely dominating uh, and, and won by, by huge margin. Uh, this is not that type of script. Uh, and then generally just like making a note on like, we know how these things are priced. They're going to be projecting some sort of median. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys passing offense, excuse me, since their loss to San Francisco since the bye has just gone from a uh, you know 50th percentile passing team to a 95th percentile passing team. They're going to throw very, very often. CeeDee Lamb is the number one guy, unquestionably. Uh, he's in a great matchup. Seven and a half is just not enough. I would love to be playing all tier, even at nine, 10 catches. They're, Dallas is going to throw to CeeDee Lamb. That is, of all of the uncertainty in football, uh, that is one thing I am very certain about, uh, that Dallas will be going to CeeDee Lamb early and often here. It's just, this was actually um, my uh, my next one as well. I, I love it. I loved it the first time. And it's just harder to scheme against a guy that's going to play in the slot. Like, I just don't think there's much that they can really do here. Um, and there are a bunch of different weapons. We've seen um, Brandon Cooks kind of come on since that game, um, which gives them another thing to, to think about. Um, but I really like this. I think there are a couple of other ways that you might play this angle um i think dak gonna have to throw a lot in this game um i like like 24 and a half completions um i think his, his totals at like 294 293 uh, and a half yards um i think those are some other ways to play it but um cd angle is is certainly uh i think my favorite there um those are the the only ones that i had brad you got any left no, I'm good too. We, the week kind of soft, soured on us, a lot of bad weather, so I'm, I'm good with where we're at. Okay. Uh, before we pick our locks of the week, it is time for Get Up or Get Out. It's a segment I literally just named it right here. And the way this works is I'm going to continue to give you all what you've been asking for, which is um, you know uh, things from, from Get Up that you might hear the next morning. But in an ode to a segment that we used to do, which was uh, about Quibi, I am going to do my uh, my duty, and I am going to bring to the fellas um, a soundbite. Uh, I'm going to read it aloud, and they're going to have to guess, is this actually something that was set on GetUp, or am I making it up? Okay, And I, my writing prowess is impeccable. 
they're saying that Quibi would still be around if the shows that I wrote up actually made it on. Um, people are saying. I don't know if it's true or not. Okay. Uh, so here it is. Um, quote from Monday morning on Get Up. You know who Brock reminds me of? Another guy that used to play in San Francisco. That's right. Joe Montana. Is that from Get Up or am I just making it up? That is from Get Up. Gotta be from Get Up. Gotta be from Get Up. I mean, he is the next comic of Joe Montana. Rex Ryan said those words on my iPad at four or whatever in the morning, whenever that airs on Pacific time. I can barely see, you know, because we're up late on Sunday night. And that woke, I didn't need coffee. I did not need coffee, guys, after I heard that. I was up. That's what I realized Get Up provides. It just brings it out of you. And uh, man, hearing that Brock Purdy was the next Joe Montana, my God. Um, it appears that we have some people that have listened to the podcast since the days of Quibi, an absolute legend. Glad that you're paying attention. Glad that you're still listening to the podcast. Um, maybe we'll get, um, I think Eric has told me that he would love to do like a ball sack or whack and a quibby uh, return. So we'll kind of, we'll find the right time to bring all of those back, have a little powwow, uh, get together. But you'll have to just deal with get up, okay? You'll just have to deal with it um, and, and accept it and like it. Okay. Locks of the week. Here are the options that we have. We've got Fields uh, over rushing, Rams, Ravens over 40 and a half, Bucks, Falcons over 39 and a half, Miami minus 13. Uh, Fields, by the way, was over nine and a half carries. Uh, Van Ginkle, the legend, over uh, 0.25 sacks. Sky Moore, if we can find receptions, but I'm fine with under 14 and a half receiving yards. Rasheed Rice over five and a half receptions. Debo Samuel over 48 and a half receiving yards. His Highness AJB over six and a half receptions. CD Lamb over seven and a half receptions. I think that was it. Were there any more missing any? I think we're good. Um, also, just uh, in, in honor of the uh, get up segment, uh, we should have talked about during this isn't get up, but it might as well have been. Uh, you know, for the Eagles game, do you guys think Marcus Mariota would boost the uh, the AJ Brown prop more than Jalen Hurts? Because okay. David Carr, David Carr thinks they should make a switch at quarterback in Philly. Hold on. I think that he's obviously trying to get, um, you know, some some attention there, but I do think that a lot of what he's saying is correct in that they are not – I don't think I'm very worried about them from a Super Bowl perspective with how Hurts is playing right now. And I don't – I've said this for like five weeks. I don't think he's healthy. Super Bowl, yes. Uh, should Marcus Mariota be starting is different than your very, you know, legitimate and rational how do you thought. Get, how do you get Jalen Hurts help? I think is, is a good week. question. The bye week. Is that it, though? Is, is, is the you bye week it. better than – Yes. Letting him rest for three and a half? Okay. Yes. It's got to be. Also, like, I don't know. I'm fighting against the narrative that, like, we learned that much new from the game on, on Sunday. Like, for a couple of things. Number one, like, we knew this was all in the cards. We knew the pass defense was bad. Like, Hurts was mm -hmm. incredible in the first quarter. Like, the game got away from them. But also, like, if the Eagles – if one of three things – happens differently early in that game which is like they convert one of those two touchdown drives yeah. one of those two field goals into touchdowns different game we're talking about this on Sunday night also 
if the uh, Brandon Ayuk touchdown catch is ruled an incompletion, which like who knows what a catch is these days. Like this is an entirely different game. It's an entirely different narrative. Uh, yep. Like I've heard people like say like uh, after the Bills game, after he scored that touchdown in overtime, like oh Jalen Hurts maybe you know he can really run, and then like the next week it's like oh actually Jalen Hurts is clearly one dimensional. No, like he's hurt. Yes, has he still been effective? Also, yes. You can't lose the number one seed. To, you can't go into San Francisco. That's a disaster. I think that's fair. And by the way, I, I was we talked about this on Sunday. I, I said this right, Brad. Like this game was closer yeah. than the score. Uh, it, and I didn't even think about the IU catch, but it's a great point. The first two drives. How how many times have you love love to to see the numbers on this? How many times have the Eagles gotten in? I think they've gotten to the low red zone in both those drives, or at least the red zone, and, and not scored a touchdown back to back drives. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, so super, super fluky there. Um, there were a bunch of missed tackles, which I also think are a little bit, um, a little bit fluky. I will say this then I think the Niners, bold call here. I think the Niners need the one seed. I would not want to go back into Philly after that. You wear black in there. You, you know, this whole, you do this whole funeral thing. You've got people talking about, oh, now they're the rightful winners of the NFC last year. The, the Eagles are a very good team. Okay. They can't cover a $5 check to use a phrase from our dear friend, Eric Eager, but they're very good everywhere else. Nick Bosa looked like he was he was in bed getting tucked in on most of his pass rushes against the yeah, Dallas. He did. Dom's an intimidating guy. Dom is an intimidating guy. Yeah. I, I don't know that this allowed. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> he might be yeah, in the stands yeah. instead. Like it has me even thinking. I mean, they're three and a half point underdogs to the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I'm still in on the Eagles. I think Carr's point though is valid. I agree with you, Judah. Better to get the one seed and rest and then play at home. Um, that's the, the I missed that part. So that's actually my fault that I all I saw was the clip. So he had a hot take as part of a thought. I only saw the part where he said that. So we're all we're all in the wrong here. Yeah, but that's just what they do, right? You get the hot the hot take is the only thing that actually makes it on air, right? Um yeah. the only reason I, I looked at the whole take actually our friend Steven Ruiz quote tweeted it and said there's, I actually agree with the premise. And I was like, wait, what? And so I had to watch it because I, I, I appreciate, I value Steven Ruiz's takes on football, um, even if I disagree with them sometimes. And I was like, there's no way that he agrees with this. And so I had to watch it. And then I was like, oh, actually there's some like, and then he just, it's like, it's like, you know, just having a normal conversation. And then all of a sudden just like walks off the, the deep, the deep end. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, which ones do we like best? All righty, let's see. I like – I'll start with uh, Brad's uh, fields over nine and a half carries. Uh, number one, I think spot on about the difference in uh, pricing from, you know, late season to uh, early weeks. I will mm -hmm. also say bad weather in this game uh, where uh, – a lot of the kind of deep passes or screens that they were uh, scheming up are, are likely fields runs as replaced in, in the playbook, uh, or at least just like tucking and running that sort of thing. The other thing I'll build in here is uh, some non-zero chance that the Bears win this game, uh, which is very rare for uh, the Bears this season, which real Neil equity here. We could definitely be seeing uh, 
a couple a couple of knees late in this game to to push us over. Uh, that's just additional kind of evidence to the already good thesis, I think. Oh, my bad. I, I think I forgot to mention the weather, which was part of it. So thank you for adding that important element as well. <laughs> Dude, I'm a sucker for these sack props. Uh, I just continue to think that there is value and that we'll start to hit them. I, I think the, the, the process is sound. Uh, will Levis uh, is just going to be waiting in the in the pocket to throw deep. <laughs> and, his sack rate, like was I, it, for my opinion, was his biggest red flag on his college tape and it hasn't changed. He's not Malik exactly. Willis. So like in a Titans uniform, it, it looks better relatively speaking, but yeah, it's, it's a problem. We, we are going to hit the process is sound. I think last week's was Boye Mafe. <clears throat> Dak took four sacks. Mafe had four pressures. It just unfortunately didn't, didn't line up for us. Uh, so I'm a fan of that one. My favorite of the ones that, that I put out there, I think, is the Debo 48 and a half. Yeah. Um, but uh, also love CD uh, over seven and a half um, as well. I think those are the ones that uh, were my favorites. Both of those I absolutely love. Yeah, the Eagles are going to do – they're going to – I mean, CD's going to go off. Yep. Same, same here. And, okay. yeah, Debo for sure. Any any others that we want to uh, get involved? Got a nice got little list. Four pro. We got a four pack of props. All right, so oh, we've I got, got teaser legs. What'd you say? I said no teaser legs. What's gotten into us? I know. I, I, I know. I don't, I don't, it's a bad Wong week. It is. It really is. It's a yeah. shitty Wong week. Um, okay, so we've got. Justin Fields over nine and a half carries. Andrew Van Ginkle over 0.25 sacks. What, what did you get that at? Plus one. Even, even oh, it's Van even. Ginkle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the market's got to respect the the AVG. Okay. Um, I could bet on a forced got, fumble. I would. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Devo Samuel over 48 and a half receiving yards, and CD Lamb over seven and a half receptions. Those are the locks of the week. Tune in on Sunday night to hear all of the get up intros for Monday morning. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you join the discord, all of Brad and Judah. So you can make sure that you get on it and everything uh, and enjoy your weekend. We love you all. Peace.